0: Our epistle lesson is also our affirmation of faith this morning. So I invite you to join me in reading from the 12th chapter of Paul's letter to the Romans, which you'll find printed in the order of worship. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. live in harmony with one another do not be haughty but associate with the lowly do not claim to be wiser than you are do not repay anyone evil for evil but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all if it is possible so far as it depends on you live peaceably with all do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil With good. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Live in harmony with one another. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I will admit to you that this passage, which I have read personally hundreds of times, which served as one of the readings at Patricia's and my wedding in 1984, on which I have preached about as many times as any passage in the Bible, which I have shared with dozens of people through the years as a pretty good short statement of how we should put hearts and hands and feet to our faith, in affirmation of faith. This familiar passage convicted me this week in such a way that it took me until Friday before I figured out what I have to say today which is really quite unusual for me anymore. My first inclination as I faced speaker's block were to revisit touchstones of old. The first one that popped into my mind was a song popularized by Glenn Campbell and others, but he, more than they, Try a Little Kindness, which, as you see, has become the title. Of this message. If you see a brother standing by the road with a heavy load from the seeds he sowed, and if you see your sister falling by the way, just stop and say you're going the wrong way. Don't walk around the down and out, lend a helping hand instead of doubt, and the kindness that you show every day will help someone along their way. You got to try a little kindness. Show a little kindness. Shine your light for everyone to see. And if you try a little kindness, then you'll overlook the blindness of narrow-minded people on their narrow-minded streets. Then I recalled a poster that made its way to many a college dorm room back in my day. Desiderata by American poet Max Ehrman. I always felt that Ehrman must have been familiar with Romans chapter 12. Here's a bit of it. Go placidly amid the noise and haste, and remember what peace there may be in silence. Remember that poem? As far as possible, without surrender, be on good terms with all persons. Speak your truth quietly and clearly. And listen to others, even the dull and ignorant. They, too, have their story. You are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars. You have a right to be here. And whether, it is, uh, whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Therefore, be at peace with God, whatever you conceive God to be. And whatever your labors and aspirations in the noisy confusion of life, keep peace with your soul. With all its sham, drudgery, and broken dreams, It is still a beautiful world. Be cheerful. Strive to be happy. And I still felt convicted. As lofty as these sentiments are, and as persistently as they beckon me to follow, I regularly miss the mark, especially these days. When the political and social realms around us are literally and figuratively ablaze. When the wild west shoot first and never ask questions mentality seems to be reborn fully alive. When the rip your enemies to shreds at all cost method of operation becomes the only MO employed. I reflect back on Paul and Max and Glenn and conclude, yeah, but it's 2020 and it's not your world. And I, I revert to the basest level of personal behavior, which is why I am convicted. I'm not perfect. The church is not perfect. No one is perfect. Still, and especially in days like ours, our trio of writers reminds us what we are called to be and to do, which the song outlines, Try a Little Kindness. I know that I have moments in my history where folks would be willing to point out correctly that I have been less than kind. And one of the dangers of being broadcast around the world is there may be someone today from a time past saying, yeah, I remember that time. It's the truth. Given a few minutes in reflection, I could beat my critics to the punch. I know when I've been unkind. Having fessed up to that truth, I can't think of too many people, a few, but not too many, who would pin the label unkind on me. I am equally aware that I am no Mr. Rogers, If folks perceive me as kind, it's more from happenstance than always from intention. Or genetic, I'm the son of one of the kindest men that I ever knew. Which is why I categorize my behavior as missing the mark, which, as you remember from the beginning of this series, equals sin. Why sin? because i should actively and consistently be making kindness my method of operation and i'm not at least not always i teach it i preach it i fall short on the practice front I let unkind people in the world rile me up, and I respond in kind, that is, unkindly. And I shouldn't. Initially, after I've responded thusly, I conclude that I've really showed them, until I realize that you can't out nasty nastiness. And it ain't in my spirit, praise the Lord. And when I fall victim to that, I feel like I've sold a part of my soul. Back to Rome. Roman authorities could be nasty. Probably a kind way of putting it. Parts of Paul's instructions were offered as ways for Christians to protect themselves. Go along as much as possible to get along, which in Rome meant staying alive. More than that, however, kindness in a harsh society provided a way for the church to attract folks to their numbers because kindness was not necessarily the reigning way of operating. Paul called Christians to stand out so that, echoing Jesus in his most famous sermon, others may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Paul shares the same sentiment in different words here in chapter 12, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. But take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. You see, in the final analysis, nobility and not nastiness went. It doesn't always feel like it. Maybe it doesn't feel like it today but it's the promise that we cling to especially today a caution already thinking about what some of you are saying and maybe even responding to in our chat a caution kindness is not wishing away oppression or injustice or racism Martin Luther King Jr. kindly stuck his finger, figuratively, in the chest of the supportive white Christians in the South in his letter from the Birmingham jail, a short must-read for all of us opposed to racism today. If you haven't read it, Google it. It'll come up. You must. Those well-meaning Christian leaders encouraged king to tone it down a bit. Always the non-violent advocate he was, king invited those leaders to come and kindly stand alongside of him and others who were unkindly hustled off to jail. King remarkably, remarkably kept his cool and persisted in believing that those Southern Christian white lives mattered. The justice he pursued was not only for African Americans whose lives mattered, but also for them. I could go on and on, as you already know, and I will in my own time and mine, because I am still convicted by Jesus and Paul and Max and Martin and Glenn. I'm speaking only to and for myself, even as I invite you to think with me. I will not say, be kind to someone to someone who is imminently fearing for their lives or who has suffered for decades in ways that I cannot even begin to imagine. I say it to me in my position of privilege and relative security so that perhaps someone will notice and be willing to listen even more to the truths I hope I speak I want to end with another remembrance, a kind of a sermon full of remembrances for me today. I served as interim pastor in Beacon, New York, now long ago, the small troubled city on the Hudson that Pete Seeger called home. NPR aired a story of one of their reporters heading south to New York City, it's almost commutable, and some people really did it. The reporter was heading south to New York City during the first of the Gulf encounters in the early 1990s. In a pouring-down rainstorm, the reporter noted northbound cars gesturing vigorously in positive and negative ways. You can imagine what that looks like at the tall, slim, rain-coated fellow standing and holding a sign along Route 9D. Intrigued, the reporter turned around and came upon the octogenarian Pete Seeger. What did the sign say that caused so much response? Peace. It might have said, kindness. I have had a few treasured opportunities to be in Mr. Seeger's presence. I don't even remember ever shaking his hand or meeting him, but we did work on a couple of projects together. He, the leader, I, the servant. Kindness radiated from him. The peace he promoted was complex, to be sure. He never shrunk from speaking truth to power. But folks of all sorts listened to him, at least in part, because he was willing to try a little kindness. Remember, I'm not telling folk who have been beaten and battered and enslaved and oppressed, even though now supposedly free, I'm not telling them simply to be kind. I'm talking to folk like me, who may be tempted to try to out nasty nasty. Rather, to be like Pete and Mr. Rogers who was way out in front of most of us in dealing with the society-shaking issues we still face today. We now, looking back at his life, realize how far out ahead of the game he was. I invite those of us who are able to be like Max, who tells us, speak your truth quietly and clearly. And listen to others. Even the dull and ignorant, they too have their story. Try to overcome evil with good. Or, as Glenn crooned, try a little kindness. Let there be peace and more kindness on earth. And let it begin with me. Amen.